to finding calm in the chaos. I am Denise, and this is my podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Finding Calm in the Chaos. I'm Denise, and I'm sitting in a closet. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I am currently um, sitting on a folding chair in the master bedroom closet, which has some amazing um, noise uh, cancel out. Due to all the massive clothes I never wear because I'm too big to fit in them. And uh, it's the only place I can freely talk about the podcast with the parentals in the house. Um, that's where we're at. Woohoo! Anyway, so um, this episode, I'm going to just warn people straight out. We're going to be talking about gaslighting. Unintentional and intentional parental gaslighting. Now, yes, I'm 53. I'm 53 years old and at the time of this recording, and I am still having issues with this from childhood. And I will tell you, it's not an easy thing to live through, but when you get older and you can start identifying it rather than feel so basically emotionally abused by it, it um, it's kind of annoying right? It's super, it's super freaking annoying. Okay. But here's the deal. Um, I had a situation with the parentals. It was only a matter of time, but I had a major, major blowout. You know, I have been super stressed again. And of course I'm holding all this in eternally and with autoimmune disease, I'm really having a hard time because stress just makes it worse. And so my lupus is off the chart right now. Everything's off the chart. I'm having issues with like gastrointestinal stuff. Um, nothing's staying down. And so it's like, whatever, at this point, maybe I can get like shed some pounds over it. <laughs> you got to take it where you can get it, folks. Um, you got to look at the bright side. And if I can get just a, you know, at least maintain instead of gaining weight through this, hey, I'll take it, whatever. So what happened was, is that I have been, so I have this outlet when I wake up and I'm stressed, which I cannot stand, but when I am, it's because people have kind of violated my system in the morning. Now I have OCD and if you have OCD, you understand that there's a system that you have in the morning. It literally, any break of the system can totally basically blow your entire day. I have narrowed my morning system to a mere necessity. Like I'm feeding dogs. I'm taking supplements. I'm doing what I can to minimize what I used to do. But until I've had a cup of coffee, Mr. Sith and Peter know I'm not a talker in the morning. Okay. I just want to get my stuff done and I want to move on. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, my dad doesn't really understand that concept. And it's hard to explain to, for those of you who, who don't, this is your first time listening or whatnot, a little just past history on my dad. My dad is an alcoholic. As he has gotten older, he is um, a diabetic who does not care to even 
he doesn't bother. He basically just eats sugar all day. And then when he gets dizzy, he tells you he's dizzy and he walks around some more. Um, he used to be this just like really forbearing, um, loud, intrusive, alcoholic man. And now he's turned into basically uh, Mr. Magoo. And if you don't know who Mr. Magoo is, Google it. Um, and it actually is irritating. And that is a normal reaction to have. People would be like, oh my God, like, why do you think your dad's like that? <clears throat> and in all honesty, um, yeah, it, it just kind of comes with the, the territory when you grow up with a dysfunctional family. Take a little drink of water there because I'm dry. <clears throat> Probably from no circulation in the closet. <laughs> anyway, here we go. Um, so those, like, he says stuff. Like, he can't even walk without tripping over his own shoes right now. And I know that people, if you had a good relationship with your father growing up, I would imagine that that could be very like endearing and like nurturing that you want to take care of him. And, um, I don't. Okay. Um, it's actually, like I said, it's super irritating and I cannot stand when you tell him not to do something or what your schedule is and what, you know, your boundaries are. And they are repeatedly ignored on a daily basis. So one of my rules is that when I am at the table in the morning homeschooling, that nobody talks to us, that it's not, unless the house is on fire, get out of my face and get out of my son's face. It's, it could be very, I mean, Peter's seven, going to be eight, and it could be very, very, very distracting to have people just walking around. It's hard to get them to sit down for lessons anyway. It's even more so when you've got, you know, when you look at it in his perspective, you know, a child, those are his grandparents. So it could become extremely distractive. And I will tell you that almost every day since I have schooled Peter here, um, grandpa has came to ask us ridiculously insane things or comments. And when I say like random comments, like, I'm going to go make coffee in the Keurig now and just make a cup of coffee. I'm sorry, you interrupted me reading out loud for what? Like, like, what? Or, um, so I'm going to, well, I'll be in the middle, like, legitimately true story. I was in the middle of reading some uh, ancient world history. We were talking about Julius and Augustus Caesar going through that whole story. And he just randomly walks in and he's like, so which weeds do you want me to pull today? And I'm like, okay, so again, I don't want anything to do with the backyard. I don't pull weeds. All I know is that people in my family, and if you know, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, randomly like to do shit in my yard and then charge me for it. I'm just saying, okay? So I don't want nothing done in the yard. I don't really care if there's a thousand burrs at this point. I'll just keep picking them off Buster. I don't care anymore. But he is continually doing that. And so when I am stressed and I wake up, stressed because I know my routine's going to be broken, broken. I cry spontaneously. It's almost like an emotional release. It's not because I'm sad, but I do get upset when people think I'm sad. Cause then I feel it's like a sign of weakness. Like I can't, like I'm such a hot mess right now. Everybody, <laughs> I got to laugh. Cause I literally am like falling apart at the seams. Um, so I'm like, okay, like, please, like, so I'm walking around, I'm crying the morning of the incident, you know, quote unquote incident. And 
next thing you know, he's mopping, which everyone's like, oh, it's so nice. He's mopping for you. Okay. Except I have a Newfoundland and a Shiba Inu who are both blowing their coats right now. And the bigger dog is blowing his puppy coat as well. So there is hair and knots everywhere. And you have to vacuum and, and Swiffer before you mop, because if not, the little hairs get pushed up against the trim and then they get hard and you need to literally scour them off your trim. So like, um, it's kind of a two-step process. And he's like, I go, can you please not mop? Because I know a vacuum didn't run. Cause now I'm homeschooling right now, right? I'm in the middle of homeschool. And that agitated him. And so he immediately was like, I just cleaned all the hair off the mop. And he's like, okay, but I don't want hair on the mop. There shouldn't be hair on the mop because when you mop a floor, the kind of whole thing that goes with it, it's like, you know, milk and cookies, you know, cereal and milk. I don't know what the milk references are right now, but that's what I got going. You know, um, you, it goes together. You know what I'm saying? Like, am I being ridiculous? Cause I pretty much thought that they kind of went hand in hand. So I told him, I don't want you to pick hair off a mop because then it leaves hair inside the mop bucket. And then that is going to trigger my OCD. And that's not okay either. If you can't wait for me to vacuum because you want it done on your own time, even though this is my house, fail free to sweep first. Well, he had an attitude with that. So my mom came down because I think he went upstairs and I complained to her. She came down to see what all the like raised voices were. And we weren't like arguing at this point, but you can tell I was agitated. And both my parents say they can't hear, but apparently they heard the last time I recorded, um, which was interesting, which is why, like I said, I want to give you guys quality, honest content, but I can't do that while the people are, who are my quality content, um, are listening and getting agitated by it. (laughs) I'm losing my mind. Um, so long story short, he's in my office while I'm literally 10 feet away, if not less in my kitchen. And he's talking shit about me like, and I hear him under his voice under, you know, mumbling about it. And I just, it was like somebody flicked a switch and I just lost my poop completely. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I complete, it was like, literally I've been doing pretty decent with rage episodes until they got here. Um, and now it's just like re-triggering all of that. And I had a major like DEF CON explosion. And I'm just like, you hear me, right? You hear me. I hear you. I can see you. Like it, that's so fucking passive aggressive. And I'm screaming, like, you're talking shit about me in my own house. Like, what is up with that bullshit? And then he said some shit and we, whatever. And then my mom got in and she was saying some crazy shit and what, and it just, things blew out of hand. And it was like, they threw, so my mom threw some shit at me from like four and a half years ago. And this is the, this is what just literally it clicked, but in a different way. I was like, you know what? This is normally <clears throat> where I'd stupor go insane. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I decided I'm not going to do that. And what I'm going to do is I'm not going to shove it back. Because what she did was she threw out 
some money shit when Mr. Sith and I were having a financially hard time. Everything has been fixed since then. And what she didn't mention on something that she pulled through was all the stuff that we have helped them with financially and still continue to do today. They'd like forget about those things um, to help them out in return, which has been way more than the amount that she was talking about. It's just, and this is another reason we talked about it with my sister in the yard, right? When we were in Europe, my family is so dysfunctional that you cannot let them do anything for you because as it is not an act of altruism, they are doing it to have one over you or require payment or some sort of favor in return. And that is the most screwed up dysfunctional thought. And it's this vicious circle of insanity. And so that was the story. And I didn't flip out and toss back at her all the stuff that we're paying for. But I walked away. I decided to just walk away. So I'm proud of myself, pat on the back, whatever. But I shouldn't have exploded. At this point, they just need to get out of here like as quickly as possible. Like as quickly as possible. I wasn't really given a a situation. You know, I wasn't given a choice of whether or not they were coming here. They just kind of burst in because they hold things over your head about shit that happened in the past. And so I have to learn after this that that is a boundary that is never going to be passed on. And Mr. Sith and I are working on that currently um, so that it never happens again. Um, But for those people who don't know, I'm not really a fan of the word gaslighting. Um, I like to call it punch lighting because <laughs> every time somebody does it, it's like they're punching it in the face. Let's be honest, right? But for people who don't know, gaslighting is um, a form of abuse that is used to distort the truth of a victim's experience. Okay. So uh, when gaslighting comes from your parents, and I'm just basically talking on you know, through experience and therapy. Like I said, you guys, I am still in therapy over this stuff. And if I didn't have my therapist, bless her heart, um, we are still talking in depth about this because I literally stopped talking about this just a couple years ago. And now here I got to bring it all up again. So always make sure you have that professional help there for you. Um, because especially with gaslighting, it's really hard to get over that sometimes. It Especially because it brings up a childhood trauma. And so what it does is, um, gaslighting comes when it comes from parents, it's creating a doubt in your perception as a child. And it doesn't mean it doesn't matter if you as a child, when you're six, as a child, when you're 16 or as their child, when you're 53, you know what I'm saying? You're still their child. So a lot of people are just like, Oh, we're going to be gaslighted by your parents. You actually, you absolutely can. Okay. And what it does is it creates doubt in the child of the adult's perception of their feelings, thoughts, and actions, okay? Gaslighting parents want to control them, okay, by making them question reality. And that's just what happened. My mom threw out something financially, but made it seem much bigger in the scope of things. And she totally left out all of the correction that happened after that in four years of financial growth. Even though it was financial decline for them 
and they were in turn receiving the financial help from us. So when you are stuck in it, in that circle, right? Um, <clears throat> that is when you 100% literally have issues. And I did for the longest time about this, right? Which is why it was such a soft spot, okay? <clears throat> it gets worse when you have physically abusive parents, which my dad was, and narcissistic parents, which my dad was. Because it literally develops into the cycle of abuse. But if you add narcissism and the physical abuse on it as well, you know, you got somebody coming home drunk, he's, you know, punching the house around, you're getting verbally abused, you're getting gaslighted. It's just so much stuff for kids that it's a, it's a miracle that I went through so much stuff as a young adult and even a late adult until I finally got it all together. But I shouldn't have to pay for not getting it because I didn't have that lifestyle and that that parental role to help nurture and foster me as a child to flourish. You know, I always had a house over my head, albeit one every couple of years, but, you know, I was always fed. I was always that. But there's sometimes that's not it. You know, when you're always thinking you're going to move, you know, I don't remember ever being homeless. So like we had that going for us, but it still is, doesn't give that sense of security and love that children need fundamentally when they're growing up to make you a fundamentally a well-rounded and nurtured adult, right? So there is two different kinds of gaslighting. There's intentional and unintentional, okay? So it's manipulation, right? Whether it's on purpose or it's on accident, it's definitely going to negatively impact a child in various ways, okay? Parents who gaslight are intentionally deliberately manipulating their child's perception of reality, right? And it's often done to maintain control or avoid responsibility for their actions, okay? But on the other hand, okay, unintentional gaslighting can occur due to a lack of awareness or just understanding that a child's feelings and experiences need to be acknowledged. And I will flat out let you guys know that I have on occasion caught myself gaslighting Peter with the, oh, you'll be fine. <clears throat> That's negating a feeling. And that is a mild form of gaslighting, period. Over time, that could really be jacked up. Okay. Both forms, unintentional and intentional, can leave a child feeling confused, right? Invalidated. Totally me. Emotionally unstable. Totally me. Okay. And parents need to recognize that their behaviors, their own behaviors, okay, and they need to work and create a supportive and validating environment for their kids. And I try to do that. You know, when we had this big blowout with my parents, um, there was a, something that was brought up about, I'm not moving, you move, that kind of thing. And um, I just, I just went nuts. I just went nuts. And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even remember what I said. I was that upset. Um, so I'll be, I don't know. I just know that I was crying and Peter was crying. And so I removed him from the house, my own house. I had to leave my own house. Um, and so I guess to make this a little bit more clear, when we purchased this house, my mom put her name on the house because she got a better rate 
financially because Mr. Sith and I didn't have great credit scores at the time. I will tell you, I felt at the time that it was such an amazing thing that a mom would do that. We paid for all the down payment. We paid for everything with respect to the move, okay, um, and for the house. But we have a situation where seven months there was a financial situation. And while they were living here in the first couple of years, um, my parents, grandma made like seven or eight mortgage payments. We're going to go with eight. In fact, I'll even go with 10, even though I know it's not that. And I have not heard the end, like, I have not heard the end of this for my entire life. My Mr. Sith now has like two remote jobs making good money. We're paying all of that, the mortgage. We've everything you've seen. We're still here. We pay all of the expenses that go along with the house. We pay the taxes on the house. We do everything. The house is ours. The only thing is that her name is on the house. Now, great. Not the great greatest time to refinance a house in today's market. So it's like, refinance the house and put it in like your name. And I'm like, okay, but we can't do that right now. And to me, that is another form of a dysfunctional gaslighting or just uncaring family that it is so vindictive that they would rather us refinance at an obnoxious rate just to prove a point. And I can't do that. Like I'm standing firm this time. We have a plan. We're sticking with it. And not once did she ever mention that, you know, we have, we contributed financially monthly with Zelle payments um, for a period of time. And that we also pay for their auto insurance. Um, that just automatically gets taken out of our account. And if you live in the state of Illinois or most states, literally, if your state isn't dropping your house insurance or your car insurance, um, they've tripled it. Ours has tripled this, this renewal period. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's gaslighting from parents is usually starts as like a mental and emotional abuse. Okay. And then they go into denying statements or events from occurring. That's like my dad, big time. He does not even acknowledge. Um, I don't know whether it's willfully or it's maybe dimensionally, you know, cause he has dementia, uh, or if it's because he doesn't want to remember it. I know, remember one time he was, I don't know, watching something on whatever about cancer. And he like turned around, looked me right in the face and was like, thank God nobody in our house has had cancer. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm sorry. I fought for my life for two years against the terminal cancer. Wait, what? I mean, he just negated two years of my entire life being alone because I had to go to another state to get treatment. Like, it's just like, it's just little shit like that is like, wait, what? <laughs> like, this is a big part of my life and who I am. So we're going to go into um, signs that your parents may be gaslighting you. Um, but we're going to take a little break from our sponsor to uh, hear from our sponsor. Today's episode of Finding Calm in the Chaos is sponsored by SJE Real Estate. SJE Real Estate specializes in purchase of distressed properties. Think as-is homes, hoarder houses, unwanted inheritance properties, brick and mortar real estate that needs some TLC. 
SJE Real Estate specializes in the great state of Texas and is woman-owned. A lot of people are enduring some very tough times right now, and SJE Real Estate helps relieve some of the overwhelming pressure for those who are in the process of pre-foreclosure and even those who are struggling to keep up with property taxes. Because SJE Real Estate is family-owned, you aren't just another property, you're a person. If you're not sure if SJE Real Estate can help you, all consultations are free and we'll discreetly discuss your specific situation to come up with a solution to help you. SJE Real Estate is professional and knowledgeable and helps you through the process, facilitating quick closings and getting you paid quickly as possible. As an extra comfort, SJE will not only supply you with all your moving boxes, but they'll, if you're willing to move within 50 miles from your old house to your new house, they'll help you move. I personally know the owner of SJE and know the care and pride she puts into her business. Contact SJE Real Estate today at 1-817-668-5857 and tell them you heard their promotion on this podcast. Again, that's SJE Real Estate at 1-817-668-5857. Hey, hey, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. We're talking about gaslighting, or I'm going to call it bomb lighting now. (laughs) Why not, right? So straight up, thanks for listening to, you know, 20 minutes of me um, talking about my insanity that I'm currently in. But um, we're talking about gaslighting parents. And that it's basically a form of emotional manipulation that undermines a kid's needs and perspectives, right? Um, there are lots of signs of gaslighting parents, uh, mainly in dysfunctional families. Uh, mine is the king of dysfunction. Um, but there are some behaviors that are very um, indicative of a gaslighting parent or parents. Oh, God, I couldn't even imagine if you had two of them. Well, I kind of have two. I have one and a half. I know. I feel like my mom is like passing, uh, accepting the porch, por- torch, porch. She's accepting the porch. What the heck? Um, she's accepting the torch because my dad can't remember what to say to, to gaslight us anymore. So she's taken on the road. I don't even know. I love my mom, but she's not the same person that she was like 10 years ago. Um, downplaying your success. Okay. I'm going to tell you this right now. When you grow up with a narcissist, gaslighting, alcoholic father, (laughs) downplaying your success is what you want (laughs) and not what you actually get. Um, Gaslighting parents. Okay, so they're going to downplay your success. They're going to minimize your achievements, if even acknowledge them at all, right? Because these are the parents that make their children feel like their accomplishments are insignificant or undeserving of praise, right? It contributes to self-doubt and a lack of confidence. You know, we had it pretty crappy in that, you know, always told we were fat, always told like, you know, we were useless. We're going to wind up in jail. Well, <laughs> that came true for me. Um, you know what I'm saying? you got to make fun of it, people. you got to make fun of it. Um, 
but this is why it's important to talk good. Am I a perfect parent? I am certainly not. But what I am is, is a parent who, uh, uh, who grew up as a child of dysfunction. And I want to try to make that as undysfunctional as possible. I don't even know if that came up on the recording. An alarm just went off in my closet. <laughs> I am losing my mind. I don't even care. I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it in. Carla said, leave it in. So I'm leaving it in, Carla. Um, but yeah, you're not going to get that. Half the time, like my, my, look, look at my dad, just like, he's not going to, once in a while, he'll say shit like, oh, you know, uh, I, I'm so proud of everything you've done. We don't even talk. What have I done? Name three things I've done in the last year. <laughs> he's got nothing. Trust me. Um, so they'll downplay your success. Number two, <laughs> big one, they're going to shift blame onto you. And this applies to gaslighting in general, but I'm talking about parental gaslighting right now, okay? But they will shift the blame onto you, right? They're manipulative. So they're going to frequently shift blame onto the kids by refusing to take responsibility for their actions. And instead, what happens is that they make the children feel guilty to instill self-blame. Confusion, right? Emotional distress. And that's just how it works, right? No matter what happened when we were kids, the one thing I can tell you on a repetitive basis that my dad always says is, why do you guys do this to me? Do what? Do what? I just told you like I did something or, you know, I got cancer or whatnot. And I will tell you a short story real quick because um, it falls under the next little topic here. So I will tell the story then, but there's a very, very, um, it's, it's a pretty jacked up story. I don't, I used to be embarrassed to tell it because it was very hurtful at the time. But, um, I tell people now because it's scary to me how many people relate to this stuff in today's day and age. And it shouldn't be that way. We have to be able to understand that we're not alone in this and it's not our fault. So they're going to downplay your success. Two, they're going to shift blame onto you. Number three, they will refuse to apologize for their actions. Now, do not confuse this with you have been gaslighted and you have been made to feel like you are wrong and that you should apologize to them but you're not apologizing because you're finally standing your ground. That is not what I'm talking about here. Okay. But another sign of this gaslighting is a parent's refusal to acknowledge their actions. So instead of acknowledging mistakes or admitting fault, okay, they're going to deny any wrongdoing. They're going to dismiss their children's perception of events. And over time, that kid begins feeling invalidated, unsupported, and rejected. And what are my two biggest issues that trigger me? Unheard and unsupported. Those are my two triggers. I've identified those. It took me 10 years, but I identified them. <laughs> um, here's the deal with this short story. Um, 
I'm super sick. I was just, I, I was just given the cancer diagnosis this is back in like 98. Okay. And I remember, um, I had a really good friend and we were just thinking about talking and it was going to be making the move that I would be going to, uh, Minnesota for treatment. What happened was, is that I was getting like weekend retreats to get out of the hospital. Okay. So I was going to spend a weekend at my parents' house, right? I had just gotten chemo. I was exhausted. Okay. And I just remember laying, um, in the bed and we were supposed to have like some sort of party and we were going to make ribs and blah, blah, blah. And usually that means I was going to cook. Right. So I remember my friend Scott saying, Hey, do you want me to like come over? And I'm like, no, you stay there. And you know, I'm just going to go by my parents and sleep or whatnot. And I remember my dad opening the door to the bedroom and saying, Hey, are you going to come out here and cook today or not? And I said, okay, I, I just am not feeling it. I'm really sick. Now, mind you, I just literally been diagnosed with a terminal cancer like two weeks prior. Um, and he said something like, well, how, like, like, I don't know. He, he threw a fit, right? And was like freaking the fuck out that I wasn't making ribs. And I got pissed off and I said, listen, get the hell out of the room. I have to sleep. I can't do this. Just stop. And that's all I remember saying. I'm sure it was something else, but I'm trying to recall a story from, you know, over 20 years ago. And he got really pissed off and he looked me right in the eye and he said, that's why God gave you cancer because you don't respect me. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Wait, what the hell did he just say? And I remember just calling my friend Scott and I said, you got to come pick me up. And he's like, what happened? Scott had great loving parents. And he was like, what happened? And I told him what happened. And when I told him what my dad said, I swear to God, he showed up my house. He lived like 30 minutes away. He showed up in like five. I don't even know what happened, but I wound up spending the, the weekend by, uh, but this is one of many, many things that he has said that fathers just don't say unless you're completely selfish and a narcissist. Like, I literally just got diagnosed with cancer. I've lost everything, right? I'm losing a job. I'm losing an apartment. I'm losing everything. I'm, I've lost my health. Obviously, I have a terminal cancer. I have a 10 inch, inch, inch mass of cancer across my chest. And you're pissed off because I won't make ribs. I, you know, it's like, got to put it in perspective, peeps. You know what I'm saying? All right. So that's what it is, right? Um, being invalidated, unsupported, and rejected. Just just repu- refusing to apologize for their actions. I know at that point, my mom got super pissed off that he said it, but I will tell you to this day, he has never apologized for it. And today, he probably would tell you it didn't happen. I was making up or he doesn't remember it. Which, you know, then makes it my fault, right? I should just forget about it. He doesn't remember it, so I shouldn't remember it. All right, number four, claiming they know what's best, okay? Oh boy. So you're going to frequently going to disregard your kids' opinions because you need to make space for your own desires, right? Because they're purposefully stealing autonomy and free will from you. And it's an autonomy and a free will that you as a child, you deserve, okay? Or even as an adult child, right? Kids need to feel consistently or children feel that if they're consistent, I'm, I'm saying this wrong. How do I want to say this? Um, I'm trying to say like, 
Okay. If you are feeling like you're consistently undermined by your parent in their overbearing attitude, how, how's that helping? How's that helping free will? Do you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just jacked up is what it is, people. <laughs> oh my gosh. I need more water. Okay. So number five, oh my God, we have nine of these. How long am I? Oh, we're 30 minutes in. We're going to be a good one. Mm-mm-mm. All right. This is one of my favorites. Number five, twisting the facts for personal benefit. Damn. That is exactly one of the things that happened in the blowout with the parentals right? Manipulative parents contort the truth of a situation for personal gain without considering consequences, right? Parents who gaslight, they got to warp information or events to suit their narrative. That's exactly what it is. And they leave people confused, children, right? Their kids, adult or small, right? Questioning their own memory and their perception of reality. Except I'm not questioning my perception or my reality or my memory because I am 53 years old and I have bank records to prove that I sent Zelle payments and then I'm paying your goddamn insurance. I'm sorry. I said, goddamn. I said it twice. Sorry. Gosh, darn. Um, number six, minimizing or ignoring your feelings. Nobody really gives a shit about my feelings in my family. I'm going to be super excited. Nobody gives a shit. They are complete hard asses and they've made me a hard ass. And I don't want to be that way because inside I always appear to be like a huge hard ass, but I am like a soft marshmallow inside, which as a kid, when I had this all happening growing up, it made me even harder on the outside. So it was like magic shell ice cream on soft serve. It was really jacked up. Um, why did I, that was just the strangest example. <laughs> just magic shell. I can't even tell you when's the last time I had magic shell. Okay. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Minimizing or ignoring your feelings. Okay. So this is when you're frequently going to minimize. What they're going to do is they're going to frequently minimize or ignore the kid's feelings. They're going to make you feel that their emotions, um, like the children's, right? The child's, mine, emotions are unimportant or unworthy of attention. And as the kid, you may feel entirely just gone, disconnected from their feelings because they fail to learn this healthy emotional regulation from their parents. Ding, 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 ding. This literally, this is why I could not be in a relationship until I was 40. Because <laughs> that's when I met Mr. Seth, okay? And even then, I still struggle, okay? We're struggling with me trying to gain control of my emotions healthily. I love Mr. Sith with a passion, but sometimes with that dysfunctional background and being a Scorpio and being Irish and Sicilian, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a bomb. It's like I'm walking C4. There's that. Um, it's just, you know, it's just something that you need to look out on, but we need to also, I, I like to look at this stuff because I don't, yes, I can see everything in my relationship with my parents and me, but it's also things that I can see that I may be tipping into with Peter unintentionally. And then because I, at least I'm aware of it, I can put thing you know, steps in place to prevent it from getting worse, to improve myself, to make 
me a better parent so that he grows up a more well-rounded and emotionally developed young man. That's like my goal in life. All right, seven, publicly belittling you. you. Okay, (laughs) I can't even tell you the shit my dad would do to me drunk around my friends, the shit he would say, and sometimes to my friends. I would, let's put it this way. The amount of times as a teen that my dad has called one of my friends a whore to her face is more times than my fingers. I can name them all as well. Um, Publicly belittling you. Okay. So when you're publicly belittling a child, it is a sign of gaslighting, but parents criticize and mock children in front of others. And that's going to cause embarrassment, humiliation, and it is a cruel behavior, period, right? Because this can 100% damage a child's self-esteem and lead to huge feelings of like worthlessness that will follow them into adulthood. It's not even may follow, it will follow them into adulthood. I struggled with this horribly. And this, these people, these kids, do you know what we turn into? People pleasers. Because we want to buy our friends. Because we want to do whatever it will take to keep them around because you never know when somebody's going to show up, parents, and just tell them off. So you got to make sure that you've laid this ground of, I'm telling you, it's pretty fucked up, isn't it? Oh, that's all right. My sponsor said it was okay if I swore or I slipped. Got two more here, peeps. Okay. Attempting to control you. Well, mine didn't attempt. They just did. They just flat out were like, you got to do what I got to do. Um, it is not uncommon for gaslighting parents to control their children's actions, the decisions, the relationships. I just chose to have none. Let's just put it that way. Um, And they may do this. And what it's going to do is is the children itself, even as adults, and this is why I didn't date till I was 40, because you struggle with developing independence and autonomy, and you have no idea what a real relationship is. It's, I struggled with that horribly. And my favorite, because this was my biggest category of becoming an unintentional gaslighter, playing the victim. And you might see a little bit in yourself. Just because you see little bits of yourself in it doesn't mean that you're a narcissist. It doesn't mean you're a gaslighter. It just means that you had a dysfunctional upbringing with a gaslighting experience or multiple gaslighting experiences, okay? And so this typically will come forward in your adult behavior. And as long as you can recognize yourself in any of these nine things, you're already one step of all the other people who don't recognize their behavior is not right to take steps to change it. So, I mean, that's, it's one step at a time, you know? Uh, so playing the victim, right? Parents may play the victim because they portray themselves as mistreated or misunderstood. God gave you cancer because you don't respect me. I should have put it there, right? I put it in the wrong category. Uh, they may, they may do so, um, like during conflicts, they're going to avoid taking responsibility, uh, or when their child attempts to make a decision they disagree with. Okay. That's happening with my mom right now. Um, the child may feel guilty for expressing their feelings or standing up for themselves. And that further perpetuates the cycle of manipulation and control. See, I let, when you let this go on into young adulthood, which is what I did. Okay. Okay when you're just stuck in the dysfunction, right? Um, 
you are in a cycle. And so the, the gaslighting and the narcissism and the dysfunction gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's almost like you're really getting hold on. You would think the older you get, the looser it gets, but you have to distance yourself from the behavior before you can loosen the grip. If you are still in the drama and you want to be admits the bomb, okay, of the bomb lighting, okay, then they're going to have a tight grip on you. It is a vice grip, okay? It is a vice grip. And so, yeah, um, I've had this myself. We've all done that. But it doesn't mean that you are gaslighting people when, you know, you seriously may do have legitimate feelings of just being mistreated and misunderstood. And that's okay as long as you have it in a healthy conversation. And that is what I'm working on. I want to have healthy conversations with Mr. Sith about it. Okay. Um, but that's about it. Um, God, that's about it. Um, it's just, it's crappy. It's crappy, but it's going to get better. And I have decided that, um, I am going to set them boundaries. Okay. Uh, normally they tell you to like, my therapist was like, you know, journal the abuse. I don't journal anything. Cause I already told you guys, I don't write nothing down. Okay. That's growing up in the city of Chicago. If you don't want nobody to know about it ever, don't write it down. Um, <laughs> setting for firm boundaries. So we're doing that. Um, acknowledging it, right. Recognizing who is gaslighting you right? Have witnesses. I got Mr. Sith. Uh, join a support group. I got a therapist. You know what I mean? Ask them to join family therapy. I don't want family therapy with them. I'm going to be super honest with you. I'm an adult and I've decided that at this point in my life that it's just not something that I'm interested in. Okay. And I have decided to do the agree to disagree. I'm not going to change their perspective ever. I can't change it without giving them a different opinion and giving them a different opinion is going to engage in more conflict. And I don't want it. And it is okay that they don't see my role ever, that they don't see my successes, that they don't see that I've changed, that they don't see. It is not what I seek in life and what I only wish that the changes that I am instilling in myself are seen by God and they are felt by me and by Mr. Sith and Peter. And that's all that matters, even in your own family. And if you, if, if you're having the situation with a spouse or something, then it is only you and your therapist. It should be a therapist if you don't have one and God, and don't worry about anything else, period. I am not feeding into any more arguments while they're here, period. I am validating myself and I'm validating myself. I went online. I did a post on uh, Facebook and I got a thread just filled with love and prayers and acknowledgement. And did I need that? I didn't want sympathy, but boy, did I feel the love from you guys. I'm not going to lie. It was freaking amazing. And it validated myself. I remembered that my feelings, my thoughts, and my experiences are valid. Even if somebody's gaslighting and trying to undermine or dismiss them. I know, and that's what I needed. So I think each and every one of you who may have commented on 
the social media post because you really lifted me out of something that day and it made all the difference. It was part of my healing process and I'm sure I might probably, I'm a hundred percent sure I'm going to probably need that again <laughs> somewhere before these people move out of my house. Um, but in the meantime, that's what I'm doing. I am following my own words of advice and I'm walking forward and I am going to do what I always say. I'm going to do that by leading with kindness. All right, peeps. Until next week. Oh, I think I got a coffee talk too. That one's going to be lit. Talk to you Saturday. Have a great Wednesday. Bye.